Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and thank you for joining us at Luke 21. We're continuing our study of biblical prophecy in St. Augustine's City of God, Book 20. I'm titling this episode, The Dark Side of the Millennium. Many years ago, I came across a book by this title. Um, I don't even know the book's still in print. It was a little book, and the title for this episode comes from that book, The Dark Side of the Millennium. And it was, for me, an unforgettable title, because when you think about the millennium, uh, at least in the pre-mill viewpoint and the post-mill viewpoint, which I haven't talked about too much, it's it's glory days, so to speak. And the author of this little book, Arthur Lewis, calls it the dark side of the millennium, something that tends to be overlooked. And the title really hit me. I don't know why. And just the idea that this little season uh, at the end of the millennial period, the long period or the literal thousand-year period, depending on your viewpoint, the dark side of the millennium is described in various ways in the Bible. Um, the one that uh, uh, we should know about is from Revelation 20, which is the final world war with Gog and Magog against the church. And I need to mention, it's not Russia alone that's Gog and Magog invading Israel, because Revelation 20, which fulfills the imagery from back in Ezekiel, Revelation 20 and verse 7 says, when a thousand years were ended, Satan will be loosed from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations. So, you know, deceiving the nations doesn't sound like a golden age or it sounds like a horrible end to a golden age, which are at the four corners of the earth, that is Gog and Magog. In Ezekiel 38 and following, Gog and Magog come from the north to invade Israel. In Revelation 20, it says, from the four corners of the earth, that's the Bible way of saying the four points of the compass, a worldwide attack on the church on the end of the ages. And I mention this because I don't like nuclear war and Christians getting all ramped up, including some who will be running for president of the United States, think Russia is the Gog and Magog, and uh, there's no means we can't use to defeat them and such. We need to be very careful that Gog and Magog and the end times are going to come from the four points of the compass. Okay. In any case, that final world war of Gog and Magog is part of that dark side of the millennium, the little season. It's also the great apostasy described by St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2, and that's missing from the lectionaries of the United States and many countries around the world. Uh, it's also this little season, this dark side, this ending period of the millennium uh, where Jesus says in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. That's another way of saying apostasy 
of people who claim to be Christians. It's also the time of the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians 2. And where we started, it's the little season of Revelation 20. There's various ways in the New Testament this is described. And Revelation 20 says the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, was bound for a thousand years. Okay, as Catholics, we believe that's just a long period of time. That's a uh, biblical way of saying a long period of time. And he was thrown into the pit. It was shut and sealed for the purpose that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. Now, the millennial views, pre-mill, premillennialism, amill, amillennialism, post-mill, post-millennialism, are three <laughs> defeating and debating views over what is meant by this thousand years in Revelation 20. But it says in Revelation 23, when the thousand years were ended, after that, he must be loosed for a little while, or some translations, a little season. And this is that dark side of the millennium that a lot of folks neglect to mention. Have you ever heard it mentioned in a homily? Uh, very often in different types of biblical prophecy books by people who don't follow the catechism carefully, and I'm talking about both the rapture at any moment types, including Catholics, they, they just don't mention this. It's kind of ignored. Now, the Catholic view, and there's ones that will debate this, but basically ever since St. Augustine, amillennialism would be the Catholic view, but it's, in my view, a defective term because it literally means ah millennium, no millennium. And you say that to somebody who reads Revelation 20 and says, you're denying the Bible. No, we're not. A better term would be present day millennium, that the kingdom reign of Jesus is present day. Yes, he shall come uh, a second time and all enemies of his kingdom will be cast out. But for now, Christ is king of this planet. It's a present day millennium. Now, I haven't talked much about the view of post-millennialism, and the main reason is I just didn't want to confuse you with three views. Two is confusing enough. But I do want to talk about the post-millennial view today. What is this view? It's like the gospel will result in a glorious reign of Jesus among the nations before the second coming of Christ, that Christians will bring about a golden age where they influence every facet of life. Now, in the uh, early uh, 20th century, uh, this view was very popular, uh, particularly you know, among Protestants. I know it was very popular among Presbyterians, and it was especially popular uh, among those with social justice leanings, thinking that Okay, if you look back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, you had tremendous amount of inventions in a relatively short period of time. Uh, longevity and human health began to be expanded, and you had all these inventions and creature comforts and everything else. I'm just going to use an example like the Wright brothers came. And then there was World War I and the wonderful, exciting 
golden age of flight was used to drop bombs from airplanes on human beings. World War I almost wiped out the post-millennial view. Even though it was very popular at the time, World War I took it out. And World War I had a real negative effect upon the minds and hearts and souls of uh, everybody living through that nightmare, and particularly the men fighting there. Um, and I'm not recommending movies, but I'm just saying there's three that uh, I've seen. Uh, 1917, a fairly new movie on World War One, a very unique one, They Shall Not Grow Old, or an old one, uh, My Boy Jack, and there's couple movies by this title, but you want the World War I movie version. Now, the reason I mention this is that the post-mill almost died out. And then in the early 70s, there's some very talented post-mill writers, very gifted writers, um, names of like Ken Gentry, Gary DeMar, Gary North recently passed away, David Chilchins, whose book's probably the post best post-mill book entitled Paradise Restored. Uh, it was interesting, while I was in seminary, just as I was leaving, a guy named Scott Hahn sold me a book by a writer named Marcellus Kick, and his book was entitled An Eschatology of Victory, and Scott at that time was post-mill. He's uh, since then uh, kind of taken up a very uh, unique view and not the one of the three I'm mentioning to you, but this is this is this is the post mill view and they acknowledge a little season. Um, but I was never really settled on how this worldwide spiritual transformation that was a golden age, okay? I mean the gospel definitely transformed the world but it's still fallen. We have wheat and tares in the kingdom until Christ comes again. And it bothered me how this golden age could end up with the fiercest persecutions in the history of the world, a vast multitude of martyrdoms, a vast chunk of the world population being deceived by the Antichrist. And it's interesting, in preparation for this uh, broadcast, I ordered a, a recent post-mill book by an author I've read before by the name of Dr. Ken Gentry, and was entitled The Book of Revelation Made Easy. And I skimmed it, but I really focused on Revelation 20. And interestingly, um, he focused on Revelation 20. In fact, he's writing a 1,500-page scholarly commentary on Revelation and wants to focus on Revelation 20. And I was reading his book, and it's amazing how you can read a pre-mill book, a present-day millennium book, or a post-mill book. And while you're reading them, yeah, this this kind of makes sense. Or you read one of those uh, multitude of Catholic commentaries, I'm watching my language here, that say, oh, everything happened in the first century. There's hardly anything future in the book of Revelation, which is baloney, but any case. But in any case, I was reading Ken Gentry's book and it's like, hmm, gee, this this is sounding actually pretty good. Maybe maybe I should maybe I should kind of kind of give Post Mill a, a, a second look here. And then I realized that in a book that focused on Revelation 20, Ken Gentry neglected to once mention the little season in which the devil is loosed from his prison to go out and deceive the nations and organize them in a final assault against the church. St. Augustine, 
Book 20, Chapter 8. He says, at the end of the present day millennium, those are my words, quote, the devil being loosed shall draw the nations whom he has seduced in the whole world to make war against the church. And that the number of these enemies shall be as the sand of the sea. But when the short time comes, he shall be loosed. For he shall rage with the whole force of himself and his angels for three years and six months. Not just to give you a little confidence here. And those with whom he makes war, in other words, the devil during a little season, shall have power to withstand his violence and stratagems. And then catechism, section 677, the only section of the entire big, thick Catholic catechism, 677, is the only section that has a reference to Revelation 20. And here's what it says. The kingdom will be fulfilled then, not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. That final unleashing of evil is the dark side of the millennium. It's the little season or the little time that Satan is loosed to again deceive the bulk of the world's populations against the people of God. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 275 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com. Thank you.